Hey guys, welcome or welcome back to the podcast. They make it, she critiques it. My name's Caitlin, the host of this podcast, and I'm coming to you in my bed. This is the first time I'm filming in my bed. I usually have my mic stand set up on my desk, and I usually not film, record. Sorry, I usually record on my desk. I have a whole setup, but today I'm just feeling not doing all of that, so we're recording this episode in my bed. Hopefully, and I'm holding my mic today instead of having it on the mic stand. Um, We're going to see how it goes. If it's not going well, then I won't do this again, but we'll see how I like it. Anyways, this is the last episode of the year. It's my last, I think this is my fourth episode. So I launched December 1st and this is my fourth episode. We have come a long way. We've had a lot of hiccups. We've had a lot of unfulfilled promises. Um, I'm not promising you anything for 2021 because I don't know what the hell 2021 is going to look like. But anyways, we've had a rough start launching this podcast, let's just say, but launching this podcast has been the highlight of my 2020, and it's been one of my favorite things I've ever done in 2020. I never thought this would ever happen, so I'm grateful that I actually did it and that I have a few listens. You know, I don't have anything crazy, but I have a few listens on my episodes, so that makes me excited for next year, and I can't wait for next year. Hopefully, I'll start to get better and start to get like into the swing of everything but anyways I hope y'all had a great Christmas if you celebrate Christmas um New Year's on the way thank God I hope if you are celebrating New Year's you guys are safe if you celebrated Christmas I hope you're safe don't be dumb don't be that idiot that goes out and parties we're in the middle of a pandemic don't be stupid um but happy New Year's because this is you my next episode is going to be after New Year's so happy New Year's in advance um sorry there was not a frozen (laughs) this is what I'm talking about with unfulfilled promises I'm sorry there wasn't a frozen episode I just didn't want to watch frozen I just (sighs) I wasn't in the holiday spirit this year I just wasn't I could care I could have cared less for Christmas I couldn't care less for Christmas honestly and I just I'm happy Christmas is over in a way but I just wasn't into watching a lot of holiday movies and Frozen was like the last thing I wanted to watch and I didn't want to do it just to do it which is kind of where I'm at with this podcast because this podcast was supposed to be this entertainment hub type of thing where I talk about music and tv shows and books and movies but now like I've only recorded two actual episodes by Sean Mendez and my book review on the sky beyond the storm I haven't done tv show or a movie yet and I want to wait until I do a tv show and a movie to see if I want to do all of them or if I just want to focus on one specific category of entertainment I'm not gonna lie my book episode was my favorite one I filmed so far I just think there's so much content to talk about books and books are just my thing but I like so many different things. I don't know. We're going to see where it goes. We're going to take it um, week by week. Um, I'm still in the beginning, so give me some grace, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, anyways, moving on. Let's get into our weekly entertainment highlights. This intro, I don't, I usually script my intros, but I'm not scripting it today. Today's just going to be very chill, and I hope you're okay with that. If you're not, let me know, and I would never do this again. So the weekly entertainment highlight that I have is... Um, I'm going to out myself right now. So I am a Wattpad fan fiction reader. I'm not afraid to say it and I'm not ashamed to say it. So I only read Harry Styles fan fictions because those are the only ones that are good and that I care about and that are worth reading. Hello. Um, 
but I've been reading this fanfic called Duplicity. It's very popular. Like, a lot of people seem to like it, and a lot of people seem to read it. And I've been reading it over the past few days. I think I'm now up to date, so I'm waiting for new updates. And, y'all, this story is a mess. Like, it is awful. I'm tr- I'm read because, like, on Wattpad, you can read comments on, like, throughout the book of what people are saying and commenting. And I'm reading the comments, and I'm like, am I missing something? What are y'all seeing in this book that I'm just not seeing? It is really, it's really something. It has after looking like a saint. What is going on in this book? Um, it's keeping me entertained though, which is why I'm mentioning it in my weekly entertainment highlight because it's kept me entertained the past few days and I can't stop thinking about it. So even though I don't love it, I'm laughing my butt off and it's fun. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention it. It's about like, it's a dark, hairy fanfic, you know, he's in a gang or whatever. He has tattoos. He's a bad guy, yada, yada, yada. There's violence, there's gun, there's abuse. It's very intense, but it's very bad but it's very addicting so if you haven't read it and you're interested in fanfics you should definitely read it um it's intense and the main character is so awful good god so the main character what's her name Avon I think that's the girl's name first of all she the image she's like a blonde chick she does she's like a damsel in distress and I don't like damsels in distresses so she's very annoying. She's so awful. There's so many times when you're reading this fanfic and you're like, can you just shut up? And you go to the comments and everybody's like, can you just shut up? Because she's so annoying. Oh, my God. Anyways, y'all have to read it if it's something up your alley. Anyways, let's move on to today's episode. So 2020 has obviously been a whack and unexpected year, as we all know. But entertainment has kept me going, okay? Music, books, TV shows, and even a few movies have kept me together. So, specifically music and books, yeah. Those two have been everything. The other two categories are, like, okay. But I'm going to be sharing my favorites from each category in this episode. We're going to kick back and reminisce of 2020. Um, not everything that I'm going to be mentioning are things that were released in 2020. They're just things that I've enjoyed in 2020. So you'll get the hang of it. Anyways, let's jump into the episode. All right. So I have four categories. Okay. I, I did a little something. Okay. I have four categories and it's 2020. So I was like, wait a minute. The math geek in me was like, all right, we'll do a top five for each category because four times five is 2020. If you want to stop listening right now, I won't judge you. (laughs) I don't want this episode to drag or anything. So I felt like a top five was sufficient enough. And then I made the connection in my head and I was like, oh, I didn't plan for that. But I think that's pretty cool. Anyways, I'm sorry. This is weird. Um, Let's go. All right. So we're going to start off with books. Okay. All of the books that I'm going to be mentioning today are written by women of color per, literally per, because except for one. There's one white lady in here, but um, I'm going to be ranking them. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to rank them from my favorite of 2020, my favorite book I've read this year to like, it's still my favorite, but not as my top favorite. So starting from five to one. So five, I have, if I never met you by, oh God, Mahari McFarlane, I will link 
um, all of the stuff I'm going to be talking about, the books, the movies, the music, all that in the description box if you ever want to check any of these books out. But If I Never Met You by Mahari McFarlane is so good. I went into this book very unexpected. I didn't know what it was going to be about. It's one of those books where it's like we have to pretend to be dating to make someone jealous. This girl, she was in a relationship with her boyfriend for years, found out he was cheating on her, had another baby with somebody else, and she goes through this heartbreak that is done so realistically and so well I think a lot of romances because they want to push this new romance in the book they'll have the girlfriend leave a heartbreak or leave a relationship and be heartbroken for like two chapters and then she's completely fine whereas I felt it took her a really long time to not to get over this heartbreak if that if if that makes sense like it didn't it took her I would say up to the very end of the book before I felt like she was really over it and had healed from it. And even then, there's still healing that needs to be done. But it was just really realistic. It wasn't so because I'm a romance girl and I will be the first person to tell you I love a good like romance scene. I love the smut. I love I love it all. And this book didn't have any of that. There was very minimal romance, which I found very interesting, but very strong character development, which I absolutely loved I loved our main character I loved her love interest I felt like they were very intimate with each other but not to a point where I don't think they ever had sex in this book not that I remember not that I read about but I just loved how intimate they were with each other without actually physically being intimate with each other and I loved how realistic it was in a way like it wasn't the type of thing where it was like, yeah, this is definitely something that is fantasy. It felt realistic. And I love that because you don't see that a lot in rom-coms. It's very picture perfect and fantasy-esque. So I like that this book was different. Um, I will actually go ahead and read you guys the synopsis if you guys are interested in the book. Because I am suck at like explaining books. But I will read you the synopsis. 11 hours, 16 minutes. If faking love is this easy, how do you know it when it's real? When her partner of over a decade suddenly ends things, Lori is left reeling, not only because they work at the same law firm and she has to see him every day, her once perfect life is in shambles and the thought of dating again in the age of Tinder is nothing short of horrifying. When news of her ex's pregnant girlfriend hits the office grapevine, taking the humiliation down is not an option. Then, a chance encounter in a broken down elevator with the office playboy opens up a new possibility. Jamie Carter doesn't believe in love, but he needs a respectable, steady girlfriend to impress their bosses. Lori wants a hot new man to give her rumor mill something else to talk about. It's the perfect proposition. A foxmance, which is like a fake romance, um, played out on social media with strategically staged photographs and a specific end date in mind. With the plan hatched, Lori and Jamie begin to flaunt their new couple status to the astonishment and jealousy of their friends and colleagues. But there's a fine line between pretending to be in love and actually falling for your charming, handsome, fake boyfriend. Ooh, I forgot to tell y'all. Yeah, they work in the same place. So, like, that's weird. But it's really good. I didn't even cry until, like, the very end. And I was like, we've just been through such a journey. And she's come so far, Lori. And I just love her so much. I gave this book a 5 out of 5. So good. Please read it if you haven't. All right. So, number four is... The Bride Test by Helene Hoang. Let me tell you something about Miss Helene. Okay, she knows how to 
right so she wrote the kiss quotient which i think i read last year so good the bride test even better i'm so excited for her third book which is the heart principle in like this like trilogy romance series that she's doing so let me bring up the synopsis for this book because me trying to explain it is just going to be embarrassing um let me know if you guys like when people read um the synopsis for you or if you don't care to have the synopsis read kai deep has no feelings well he feels irritation when people move his things or contentment when lenders balance down to the penny but not big important emotions like grief and love he thinks he's defective his family knows better that his autism means he just processes emotions differently when he steadfastly avoids relationship his mother takes matters into her own hands and returns to vietnam to find him a perfect bride as a mixed-race girl living in the slums of Ho Chi Minh City, Esme Tran has always felt out of place. When the opportunity arises to come to America and meet a potential husband, she can't turn it down. Thinking this could be her break, sorry, thinking this could be the break her family needs. Seducing Kai, however, doesn't go as planned. Esme's lessons in love seem to be working, but only on herself. She hopes she's hopelessly smitten with a man who's convinced he can never return her affection. With Esme's time in the United States dwindling, Kai is forced to understand he's been wrong all along. And there's more than one way to love. Oh my god, y'all. This book is so fucking beautiful and funny. Oh my god. If you haven't read The Kiss Quotient, you need to read it. You don't need to read them in order or anything. But some of the characters in The Kiss Quotient are in The Bride Test. And if you know that, it just makes things a lot more fun, I guess. But this book had me so inspired by the end of it i was so moved and so inspired i feel so much love from the first chapter to the very last page i was drawn in i just absolutely adore our characters this love story is the most beautiful thing ever and it's played out so well Oops, sorry let me remove my phone away but it's played out so well in a way that it's like so kai you know is autistic and I just love seeing diversity in books and I love reading stories from people that are different than me that look different than that look different than me that behave different than me because it just I feel like it just makes it more normal and it makes these people feel seen and represented so it's not this far-fetched thing to you know date somebody who has autism you know like because it's shown and it's not in a way that it's like trying to isolate him or make him feel strange or not normal or anything it's embracing him for who he is but also pushing him to be out of his comfort zone because you know I don't know it's just done in a way that doesn't feel like the love story or the love interest like Esme's trying to change Kai in any way but embraces him for who he is but also knows that you know she can push him respectively to be better you know to love again to to uh, to to really open himself because he wants it but he's scared and that's the whole story is understanding where is this fear coming from and how can you move past it how can you heal from it and I love even that like even though Esme is here to seduce Kai and you know find and be like get married to him and everything she has her own story going on and her own individual story and character story is so beautiful and well thought out that Helene Hoag knows what the fuck she's doing. I'll tell you that. So um, I think I gave this book a five out of five. Yeah. Amazing. Definitely read it. Next book I have. Ooh, I'm so excited. Okay. An Ember in the Ashes by Sabah Tahir. Whew. This series has shook 
my 2020. Like, I am just so impressed by Sabah Tahir. She completely changed the game to me when it comes to reading fantasy because of an ember in the ashes. So I started reading this book in the late summer, so I think in August, and I read An Ember in the Ashes, and then the next two books back to back, and then this December I read the last book, A Sky Beyond the Storm, and I just remember not being able to put this book down. It was so interesting and just engaging and thought-provoking and scary. It was very dark, which I was not expecting how dark it was. For it, I think it's why it's YA, right? And I'm typically YA is not super intense or super dark but Sabah goes there she doesn't hold back Sabah here is a beast when it comes to writing she knows how to write she knows her craft and owns her craft very well and I really love that this series is magical this series is so inspiring and impactful um let me read you the synopsis for it in case you're interested Laia is a slave Elias is a soldier neither is free under the martial empire defiance is met with death those who do not vow their blood and bodies to the empire risk the execution of their loved ones and the destruction of all they hold dear. It is in this brutal world, inspired by ancient Rome, that Laia lives with her grandparents and older brother. The family ekes out of existence in the empire's impoverished backstreets. They do not challenge the empire. They've seen what happens to those who do. But when Laia's brother is arrested for treason, Laia is forced to make a decision. In exchange for help from rebels who promise to rescue her brother, she will risk her life to spy for them from within the Empire's greatest military academy. There, Laia meets Elias, the school's finest soldier, and secretly, it's most unwilling. Elias wants to only be free of the tyranny he's been trained to enforce. He and Laia will soon realize that their destinies are intertwined and that their choices will change the fate of the Empire itself. Ooh, oh my god. This is the best book in the series. I'll tell you that right now. It's kind of downhill after the second book, but this book right here is the best in the series. Elias is just that bitch. He is amazing, okay? Oh my God. If you haven't read it, you definitely need to read it. It is top tier fantasy, five out of five easily. Moving on to number two, we have Legendborn by Tracy Dion. So I honestly picked this book on a whim. I've been, so I saw it a lot on Bookstagram or whatever, quick promo if you don't follow me on bookstagram you definitely should ask for me and my books but um I've seen it I saw it a lot on Instagram and then I was in like in a really bad book slump and I put on my story you know what are some book recommendations because I was going to Barnes and Nobles that day and I just wanted something different and um someone messaged me and they were like you should read Legendborn by Tracy Dion and I was like well the cover is badass and I have seen this book a lot going on going around on bookstagram so you know what you're right let me check it out best decision ever I swear to god this book is insanity Tracy Dion is insane okay she is insane she has created she has done something I have never seen done so it's inspired by um King Arthur and like that whole and the knights and that whole you know world I have no I have no nothing about that but I'm very much interested in that in it now after reading this book and it's that but it's also like ancestral magic and black girl magic and it's so good oh my god this fantasy is it is it fantasy I guess it will be like urban fantasy or something I don't know but let me tell you this book 
really shook the tables for me because it's really long it's like 500 pages or so I think I read it in like two days I could not put this book down it is so addicting to read you're reading and you're reading and you're reading and it's like you never want it to end and when the book ended I was pissed and I was like I need the second book now so let me read you the synopsis all right so after her mother dies in an accident 16 year old Bree Matthews wants nothing to do with her family memories or childhood home a residential program for bright high school scholars at UNC Chapel Hill seems like the perfect escape until Bree witnesses a magic attack her first very night on campus. A flying demon feeding on human energies. A secret society of so-called legend-born students that hunt the creatures down. And a mysterious teenager mage who calls himself a Merlin and who attempts and fails to wipe Bree's memories of everything she saw. The mage's failure unlocks Bree's un- own unique magic and a buried memory with a hidden connection. The night her mother died, another Merlin was at the hospital. Now that Bree knows there's nothing, there's more to her mother's death than what was. I'm so sorry. Now that Bree knows there's more to her mother's death than what's on the police report, she'll do whatever it takes to find out the truth, even if it means infiltrating the Legendborn as one of her initiates, as one of their initiates. She recruits Nick, a self-exiled legendborn with his own grudge against the group and their reluctant partnership pulls them deeper into the society's secrets and closer to each other but when the legendborn reveals themselves as the descendants of king Arthur's knights and explain that a magic war is coming brie has to decide how far she'll go for the truth and whether she should use her magic to take the society down or join the fight all right that sounds like a lot to take in and it is a lot to take in and i'm not gonna lie you are gonna be confused as hell if like you don't know much about King Arthur because I was very confused I'm not gonna lie I was very confused but it wasn't confused to the point where I couldn't enjoy it it was confused to like and that happens a lot when I read fantasy especially in the beginning like I'm entering this whole new world this whole new system it's gonna be confusing at first but it still makes you want to read it you know it still makes you very interested in it so I think it's definitely worth a shot I gave it a five out of five I couldn't put it down the love interest in this book is so there's a little love triangle and I don't like love triangles but this love triangle I can get behind because it's done really really well I'm not gonna tell you who's the love triangle I'm not gonna spoil anything but let me just say it was done really well um moving on to our top spot as my favorite book of 2020 I cheated on this spot actually because my favorite book of 2020 is actually my favorite books of 2020 um they're by the same author and they're kind of in the same series it's get a life and take a hint by talia hibbert i'm not going to read the synopsis for these two books because that's just too much but um and they're pretty i don't want to say they're similar but they're in the same like romance series that talia hibbert has going on let me just tell you talia hibbert knows how to write a rom a romance novel a rom-com she knows how to write one that gives you just the right amount of smut but also just the right amount of romance and right amount of character development the men in these books I swear they're just from heaven they're so perfect it makes me mad because I'm like okay Talia are you married is your husband like this is your partner like this because the way these men are you you Oh my god. It's just they're they're too perfect. They're they're too perfect. They're too they're just too perfect. But the romance is so beautiful. It's so good. 
I cried each time because every single time I finished one of these, every single time I finished these books, I always felt like I was leaving with something to inspire me and motivate me in life, which I absolutely love. And I think especially in Take a Hint, Talia Brown, I've definitely seen myself a lot in these sisters and these characters, whether it's Danny or Chloe. I see myself in them, not just because they're black girls, but because a lot of the insecurities that they have and that they face I have and I'm facing in my day-to-day life and they're way older than me they're like in their 20s and their 30s but um I'm 21 by the way but it's just so cool to see yourself represented in books and represented in such a positive way and in a positive light like I understand that you know you want to read you know books about black people and you want to read the you know violent history and all the struggles that we go through but there's so much more to our experience than just that and I really like seeing a simple romance where black girls are just being loved so openly and widely and there's no drama to it there's no unnecessary noise it's just simple and beautiful and I love to see it we love to see it so thank you Natalia Hembert I'm super excited for the third one um it's actor age eve brown i'm super excited for it we're definitely gonna be doing a podcast episode on it but yeah super excited um that is all for the books books have just been they just i've read i haven't read that much this year i think i've read like 25 books but those are it for the books those are my top five books of 2020 moving on to my top five albums of 2020 all right, I don't want this episode to be super long. I already got 26 minutes, so we're going to try to go through these real quick. But this was hard. Honestly, trying to rank them was a lot harder than I thought. Trying to choose a top five was a lot harder than I thought. Now, this is my favorites of 2020 when it comes to music albums. This is not the best albums that released in 2020. There are so many albums I did not listen to in 2020. Please don't slander me. I'm not going to even lie to y'all. 2020 was not my best year in music I think a lot of good music was released but I also think that I didn't do see I my Spotify wrapped was quite disappointing because I felt like I wasn't listening to as much music as I usually listen to and I wasn't discovering and finding out new music like I usually was 2020 was a bad year it was just a weird year I wasn't myself all right but the music that I did listen to we're gonna jump into so um I did rank these but I don't know if they're accurate anymore but number I put After Hours by The Weeknd. This song came out, or this album came out, and I was literally liking every single song. It's so good. I have slowly become a Weeknd fan. I'm not the biggest Weeknd fan, but his After Hours is a really, really good album. I think I liked it more than his last album. Uh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite because I don't, I haven't listened to his older work, but I think this album is stands very strong it was definitely snubbed at the grammys because it wasn't nominated for anything which is stupid but my top three favorite songs on this album are in your eyes hardest to love and then escape from la and blinding lights i cheated so top four but top three those two escape from la and blinding lights are like pretty equal to each other number four oh girl is future nostalgia by dua lipa let me tell you something about Miss Dua Lipa. Miss Dua Lipa is a pop girl, and she's doing something that the other pop girls are just not doing. She's giving us performances. She's giving us choreo. She is, she is giving us visuals. She's giving us a concept. I'm feeling disco pop when I listen to this album, like futuristic pop. There we go, which I'm pretty sure is what she was going for. 
I really like Dua Lipa and I really like her voice. Her voice is very distinct and is very unique. It's very smooth, but it's also there's like some darkness to it, if that makes sense. And I really like it. It's very edgy. My favorite songs off this album, my top three are Pretty Please. When this album came out, Pretty Please was not getting the attention that she deserves. And now she's getting the attention. And I'm like, well, I was a Pretty Please stand from the first time I heard this album. So I win. <laughs> but um, Pretty Please, Boys Will Be Boys, and Break My Heart. All in all, this album is really, really good. It's I think I, I definitely like it more than her debut album. Um, coming in at number three, we have... Doo -doo -doo. Plastic Hearts by Miley Cyrus. This is Miley Cyrus's best work. You cannot argue with me. You can argue with your mom. You can argue with your dog, but you're not going to argue with me because there's no argument. All right. Miley Cyrus is a she has the voice. She she is so diverse in what she can do as a singer and as an artist. And I think this rock album proves it. She's so good. Her voice is so good. Miley Cyrus has a top tier discography like she no one is touching her not i'm saying no one's touching her but she has a really strong discography and she as far as x acts goes i think she's doing it the best i think she's very strong in what she does and she really miley Cyrus is just really freaking talented but and i was blown away by this album i don't expect anything less from greatness from miley Cyrus. let's just be honest but my favorites are angels like you Angels Like You is my favorite off the entire album. I I can't. I, no, I'm sorry. No other song is competing for that spot. Um, Night Crawlin' featuring Billy Idol and What the Fuck Do I Know. Amazing songs. Amazing album. All right. Let's do number two. Number two. Okay, number two and number one were kind of difficult. but And they can, like, switch depending on the day and depending on my mood. But for number two, as of today, um, I have Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Holly. I know it's not Haley. I almost said Haley. It's Holly. Right? <laughs> Anyways, um, I really enjoy this album. I'm not the, I don't want to say I'm not the biggest Chloe and Holly fan. I think this album made me a huge fan of theirs because I remember listening to their um, previous album. I remember listening to their previous album when they weren't, you know, that big yet and I liked it but I was very young and I'm one, and back when I was young I was one of those people where I was like if no one's really talking about them and I weren't I wasn't really seeing them a lot so I kind of forgot about it but this album since it came out I have I'm still playing the songs on this album to this day it's so good they're so talented their performances of the of the songs on this album just keep getting better and better it's insanity I swear um my three favorite songs are forgive me Ooh, that song gets just gives me chills all right um busy boy and tipsy those are my top three out of ungodly hour and then my the one that has the album that has the number one spot as my favorite album of 2020 goes to i swear to god i'm gonna fuck up her name but i'm just gonna try not to samayama by rena samayama uh, I hope that's how you say her name, but this album, no, this album deserves it because this album took me by surprise. I had no, I have no idea who she is. I have, I had no idea who she is. I've never heard of her before. I've never seen her before. And then I started seeing her name kind of surface. One of my favorite YouTubers, Amanda BB 
on YouTube. She um, did a whole video on her album and I was like, well, I trust Amanda's, you know, taste. Let me check it out. I swear to God, from the first song to the last song of this album, saved added to my 2020 playlist there is i'm pretty the entire album is added to my 2020 playlist no other album no other album on this on this ranking list every single no other album has every single song added to my 2020 playlist but this album she i and it's her debut album again rena is is doing something that these pop girls are just not do she she's giving us something fresh and she's giving us something different and i think that's why i was so captivated by her album because i've never heard this sound before um my top three are xs obviously chosen family because i'm a simp and paradising which when i hear that song i think of old disney channel it's, it's, it's giving me very nostalgic vibes but i swear this album is just beyond amazing beyond fantastic beyond perfection she did what she had to do and it's amazing definitely listen to it so that's my top five but i want to give a special shout out to some albums that didn't make it but i did really like this year uh obviously positions by ariana grande evermore by taylor swift which i do like a little bit more than folklore for some reason i could not get into folklore but evermore is giving me exactly what i need um good to know by jojo 2000 and Forever by Brie Runway and 321 by Lennon Stella. All right, we are moving on to the movies category. Okay, so I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I haven't watched really any movies this year that are like new and different. Most of the movies that I've been watching are like movies on Disney Plus, like Disney Channel original movies, and I'm not putting them on this list. But um, I this category is a kind of sad, but sorry, but I think it's it's not that bad. So let's just get into it. I didn't rate this one because there's no rating here. Um, first movie I want to talk about is Hamilton, which isn't really a movie. It's more of um, like a mu- it's more it's a musical, not really a movie, but the Hamilton film because it was released on Disney Plus this year. I've never seen Hamilton before this I never got to see it live and I never really listened to the soundtrack right this right here changed something inside of me I am not the same person after listening and watching Hamilton I'm a different human being I have I feel like I was in the dark about something and when I watched it I was like I I now understand I now understand why people are obsessed I now understand why nobody could get into to see this live because it was sold out for two years in advance. I now understand why it's so hard to get tickets. I understand everything that I did not understand about Hamilton. I understand now. All right. This is fantastic work. This is just talent on crack. Talent on crack. I swear to God. What Lynn, Lynn Manuel Miranda, he's insane. He's insane. I want his brain. I want, I, can you imagine creating Hamilton? Can you imagine you, you read about somebody in history and then you create this from it? Oh God, please, please. I want his brain, but Hamilton is amazing. I have been, I've watched it like three times. It's like two hours and 30 minutes. I think I've watched it three times front to back. I can't get enough of it. I'm still playing songs from the soundtrack to this day. My most played song of 2020 is Satisfied. 
and I'm not ashamed. Um, my top five songs off the Hamilton soundtrack in this order are Room Where It Happens, Satisfied, Work For It, not Work For I'm fucking stupid, Wait For It. Oh, God. I had I had my top five, and now it's, like, disappearing from my head. Whatever. Top three songs are Satisfied, not Satisfied, Room Where It Happens, Satisfied, and Wait For It. I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't know what's going on with me today in this episode, but those are my top three from Hamilton. I will share my top five on the podcast Instagram. They make it, she critiques it later. But Hamilton's amazing. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing? Go watch it, especially if you have Disney+. Plus. All right. The next movie I have one to talk about that I enjoyed, that is my favorite of 2020, is an actual movie. And the only real actual movie that I watched but um, and enjoyed a lot. So I have The Wedding Planner, which stars Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey. And the only reason I watched this movie was... So a lot of people were talking about Matthew McConaughey because he just released a new book. And I want to read his book. But I started watching interviews of him and I started falling for him. And I was like, this is weird. But I've never really seen, I've, I don't think I've, I've never seen a Matthew McConaughey movie where he stars in. I, I watched The Wolf of Wall Street, but I didn't even know he was in it. And I didn't know who really who he was. He's a really big actor. So I was like, let me watch a, a movie where he stars in it, actually. So I watched The Wedding Planner because it was on Netflix. And Jennifer Lopez in romance movies is very good in my opinion so I watched it and I was like I am falling for this now I'm like now I see why people like Matthew McConaughey so much I I'm I'm understanding the Matthew McConaughey charm right the southern I I get it I get it so I really liked the wedding planner I thought it was really cute um I don't know I enjoyed it I'm a romance girl I like rom-coms so it's right up my alley it's a very simple movie there's nothing crazy going on there's no crazy drama or anything but um, I liked it. The only thing I didn't like was the weird accent. I'm pretty sure it was fake. But the fake accent that the um, Jennifer Lawrence's, like, that guy that was obsessed with her for a while. And that was really, I think it was, like, Italian. Whatever the fuck his accent was, I didn't like that. But everything else, I liked. So that's The Wedding Planner. The next, okay, so the next two movies I want to talk about are not movies they're more of like concert films so Netflix was putting out so many concert films because I I say they did it because we weren't going to concerts this year and this was the only way I could enjoy concerts but I have the Shawn Mendes Wonder concert not the Wonder concert the Shawn Mendes his like concert thing from his previous tour and then I watched Excuse Me I Love You Ariana Grande like two days ago and oh my god just talent just I am just so amazed by people who go on tour and artists that go on tour because I don't think you realize as like a fan how intense it is until you see like the backstage of everything until you see the work that goes into it until you see the whole thing from like their point of view like they're playing sold out stadiums they're playing arenas and you don't I don't think about it like that and like as to that level and that degree until I see stuff like this and I'm like holy shit that's a lot of people that's 81 shows that's a lot of shows that's a hundred shows that's show after show and those shows are long they're almost like two hours long right like that's a lot so 
I love watching it and it's also nice to relive it so I unfortunately didn't see Ariana Grande live which was my biggest mistake but um I did see Shawn Mendes live live and it was great to just rewatch it and like just reminisce and put myself back into that into that you know that moment because I absolutely loved my Shawn Mendes um, concert when I saw him last year I'm actually wearing his tour shirt right now as I record this episode but I absolutely loved my concert when I saw him so it was just really nice to relive it through you know the Netflix movie and then Ariana Grande I never got to see her live but again like it's just so I just really I'm a concert girl and I just love concerts and I love artists and I'm definitely when this shit ends I'm going to concerts I'm spending all my money on concerts I don't care what anyone says I'm going to a concert every week I will buy all the concert tickets I'm traveling the world going to see concerts because that's my happy place so those are the next two movies so now we're on number five this is another this is actually a movie not a um like a music concert or whatever um I have clouds um directed by justin baldoni and this movie was really heavy this is more on the heavy side of things i'm not gonna go too much into it because i think you just have to see it's one of those movies where i can't really describe or explain how great it is unless you see it justin baldoni is an amazing director and he he has a i think his kind of style of directing so far you know only seeing two of the movies he's directed five feet apart in clouds his goal or his mission or what I get from watching his movies is I feel inspired to live my life better than I did before I started watching the movie because here are people that are have terminal illnesses and they're living their life better than me who doesn't have a terminal illness you know and it just puts things into perspective and it really just makes you value life a lot more and value the people that are around you and it's just it's a beautiful movie it's a beautiful story it's based on a real person um it's done really well like to the T like he really and like he knows who um Zach who is um Zach Zobiak who is the person who inspired this movie he met him he did a whole kind of documentary on him he met his family and everything so this movie really is to the T of his life and I highly recommend that you guys watch it if you haven't already so those are my top five of 2020 movies they're kind of lame but 2020 was a lame year don't judge me um special shout out to the kissing booth 2 and to all the boys i love you p.s i love you um these movies were very interesting um i let me tell you something not everything that entertains me is good that i would consider objectively good as long as it entertains me, it entertains me. Whether it's good or bad, it entertains me. So, The Kissing Booth 2, I roasted the hell out of on my Instagram story, but it kept me entertained. Same thing with um, To All the Boys I Love You. It was a little bit better than The Kissing Booth, but not as good as the first one. And But it, it kept me entertained. It kept me engaged. I laughed. I didn't cry, but I laughed. And I enjoyed it, even though it was kind of garbage. Anyways... Moving on to the last and final category, we are at 44 minutes, but hopefully you guys are enjoying it. If you're not, let me know. Um, definitely give me feedback on the podcast, you guys, so I know what you guys like and what you guys don't like. We're all trying here. We're all trying to work with this, okay? We're, I'm trying, okay? I'm trying. Good feedback, bad feedback, I don't care. Just give me feedback so I know what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, our last category is TV shows. All right, so 
this one does have an order to it because child i watch so many of these so the the from five to three those are like a specific genre of tv shows and then two and one are actual like not actual tv shows but um basically five to three is reality tv and two to one is not I don't know why it was so difficult for me to say that. So number five is Love is Blind. It feels like Love is Blind was forever ago, but it was this year that it was released. Um, I had no intentions of watching Love is Blind until Lauren and Cameron were just all over my um, Twitter feed and Instagram feed. And I was like, who is this couple? So I watched Love is Blind and it is very, the concept is very interesting. I don't think I would ever do that. I don't think love is blind, um, but it's a cool concept. It's a different concept. It's a unique concept, and I think that I, I think that the couples that they chose to focus on were good, and it was entertaining. I'm happy that they had Mark and Jessica. I think is her name. Child, that was a mess of a story. That was a mess of a story, but it was entertaining. It was funny. I laughed. I got some shits and giggles out of it. You know, I knew they weren't going to last the second she laid eyes on him. She was like, hell no. And he was pushing it. And she was like, hell no. And I was like, can you not, like, realize that she's not into you? But he was just still pawning after her. And I was like, I mean, I guess. Um, Lauren and Cameron were the highlight of the show. Let's just be real. Like, it was towards the end of the season. the And, like, it was getting to the weddings. And I was like, I really only care about Lauren and Cameron at this point. Everybody else is kind of fading in the dust. So, it's good. Entertaining. I enjoyed it. It is what it is. I don't think I would watch it again, though. Maybe. Maybe. It depends on the cast. Number four is Too Hot to Handle. And I... <laughs> this show right here is a hot-ass mess. Okay? It was a hot-ass mess. And it is so entertaining. Oh, my God. I binged watch... Okay. Love is Blind, I binged. I binged. And then Too Hot to Handle, I also binged because I was on a reality TV, like love, like reality love TV show kick and Love is Blind and Too Hot to Handle just were doing it for me. But Too Hot to Handle is a disaster of a TV show. It is so lopsided. It is so, the people that they, I'm gonna lie, the people that they chose for this was very, it was very well casted. Like I could not have imagined choosing anybody else to be on this show. Everybody had a purpose. Everybody served a purpose. Harry is a twat. Francesca is also a twat. Haley, bitch, Haley was my girl. I ain't gonna lie to you. Haley had me dying over there. Um, David, oh my God, I love David so much. He was so, oh God, David was so good. Loved him. But the people he chose, the girl he chose at the end, I think it was Lydia. I didn't understand what that pairing was. The concept of the show, it's kind of stupid. I'm not gonna lie. But I don't care if it's stupid or not. It's funny. It's entertaining. I was engaged. I laughed. I actually cried. And I cried. I'm not going to lie to you. I cried. I cried a few times. Um, I don't know why. Thinking back, I don't know what I was crying over. But I cried. That's all I remember. Um, number three is Love Island USA Season 2. Now, I have been hearing about Love Island for a while now, right? But I never got into it because I was like, it's they put they have an episode every single night and they're super long and I was like I don't really want to invest my time but and I wasn't even going to watch this um season of Love Island USA but 
I think it was the day before the last episode and I was on Twitter. I swear to God, I, everything I watch is based off of what I see going on on Twitter, but I was on Twitter and I saw this video of Justine and Caleb and I was like, who is this beautiful black couple? Who are these people? And the video was just, I think it was on their last date and it was just so cute and I was really kind of falling in love with this couple and I was like "Mm, let me just let me just watch the show and my thing was if they win the show I will watch the whole season if they don't win the show I'm not gonna watch so I basically based off I basically based my entire you know watching of this show on like a two-minute clip I saw on Twitter so I watched the finale obviously Justine and Caleb won because Jaleb is the best and then I watched the rest of the season and I was really into it um I actually did a whole like on my YouTube channel which I'll link the video if you ever if you want to check it out but I did a whole like commentary and discussion on Love Island on YouTube where I went to each couple and all the contestants and yada 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 but Justine and Caleb were definitely my favorite um Carrington was a hot mess that was oh god um calvin oh my god calvin just stole when calvin and caleb walked in the villa my heart stopped my heart stopped okay i beautiful just mm, beautiful um johnny and Sully have come a long way here's the thing i think that a lot of the couples that i didn't like in the villa i'm liking way more out of the villa like mackenzie and connor i did not understand that pairing whatsoever watching the show they were a hot mess Mackenzie was a hot mess. Connor did not know how to express anything. He didn't know how to talk, apparently. But outside of the villa, they're going pretty strong, which I'm surprised by. I don't want to say I'm surprised, but I'm happy for them because inside the, the villa, they were a hot, hot, they were a catastrophe. And then Johnny and Sally, the whole cheating scandal, whatever. I'm happy that they're stronger outside of the villa. And they're, I think, they're, I, th- I would say they're the strongest one. I don't know what's going on with Justine and Caleb. I'm hearing rumors yet. I don't care honestly but calvin is single calvin is single girl i knew calvin and mora were not gonna last mora was looking like she was confused every damn second like she did not know who she wanted the girl didn't they weren't gonna last neither were carrington and laurel because laurel was way more into carrington than carrington carrington was into carrington all right moving on okay that's it for like the reality shows you guys don't care about those as much well let me not assume but actual tv like acting you know um number two i have sex education i have opened a door into just greatness great this show is so good there's so many like valuable lessons and really important topics talked about on the show the only thing i don't like about this show I like Otis. Otis is a, I like Otis as the main character. But the only thing I don't like about this show is the bully to lovers arc. I don't like that. I've never liked that in shows. I've never liked that in books. It is the dumbest arc ever. Especially when you're doing a bullies to lover arc where you're not even trying to make me like the bully. The bully in this show. I'm not going to say the na- the characters names cuz one I don't remember them right now, but the bully in the sh- you know who I'm talking about. You know who is in the bullies to lovers arc dumbest thing ever like it makes no i was so angry because guess what we don't even the the writers don't even try to make me like the bully too i'm like okay i see where the bully's coming from yada the bully is still an asshole he's still an asshole to the person he's supposed to be 
in a romantic relationship with, which he doesn't even want to be in a romantic relationship with. But that's a whole... Let me say something. Sex Education Season 3 is coming out next year. I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on it, maybe. So we'll get into that a lot more when that episode comes out. But let me just tell you, it's a great show. I binge-watched the two seasons back-to-back, and I'm obsessed with it. Um, The guy in the wheelchair, I'm coming for you. I've woken up and chosen violence because, really... If you've seen the ending of season two, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm coming for you. And I am wishing a very, very, very speedy exit of your character from this show with season three. Okay? Okay. All right. The last thing I'm going to be talking about, the greatest TV show I watched in 2020. This TV show right here set the bar so high. Netflix, South Africa blood and water please if you take anything i say in this podcast episode today watch blood and water it will have you amazed okay so quick synopsis of like what's going on basically a girl a young teenage girl her sister was abducted at birth and her family like celebrates her sister's birthday and her dad is like accused of being part of the reason as to why her sister was abducted at birth and she thinks she's found her sister at this prestigious school so she goes to this school so applies to the school is in the school now and she tries to uncover is this my sister or is this not my sister and there is so much mystery involved there's so much drama there are so many family ties and family drama and friendship drama and relationship drama it is very intense it is very good and did i also say it is an all black cast except for a few characters but they're irrelevant it is an all black cast okay our main character is a dark-skinned black woman our second main character is also a dark-skinned black there are so many dark-skinned black women there is representation for my people okay and it's in south africa so their accents are not fake and annoying they're real so it's really good i'm excited for season two i'm waiting for season two i wow blood and water is is an amazing show i can't i can't stop talking about it the only reason i watched it again amanda bb shout out to her she puts me on a lot of things but she talked about it in one of her youtube videos and i watched it and i'm i'm now a big big fan that's it for the episode Thanks for listening to today's episode. I am sorry if it was kind of all over the place. I'm sorry if there were like noise problems and audio issues. I'm going to go back and edit this. And if it's too bad, then I might re-record it. But honestly, I don't think it was that bad. Again, you guys let me know. It, well, you know, just let me know what, what you're feeling about the podcast because that will really help me out with future episodes and whatnot. But don't forget to subscribe to the podcast rate and leave a review follow the instagram page at they make it she critiques it and share the show 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 with someone you know that sounded weird and i don't know why um i'll catch up with you guys next year with a new episode i haven't done a tv or movie critique yet so i have a feeling that'll be next but don't hold me to anything because i make promises that i cannot keep all the time on this podcast and it's only the third episode fourth episode so we'll see we'll see um i hope you guys have a wonderful new year stay safe and i'll see you in 2021 let's hope it's better than this year's shit show okay bye